1: Hey, this is Megan Urpino, and I'm Sue Bird.
2: We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your
1: listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More.
0: New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts.
1: What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast. We are part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host tonight, Jacob Niffin, joined by Justin Peabody. Hello, everybody. And Justin, for the first time in a long time. Say it. Say it. We've got NBA news. (sighs) I've been waiting months for that.
2: This is so exciting.
1: Seems like, well, doesn't seem like uh, it, it is. We're getting back to play, <laughs> Yes, uh, which is really exciting. So I've been looking forward to this day. We kind of knew for about four or five days now that this Board of Governors call was going to happen and that we would be podcasting this evening. So it's really fun to get that news, see all the stuff that's come out. So we're going to break all of that down for you guys today including our thoughts on how it impacts the Oklahoma City Thunder, what we see happening down in Orlando, and all of the good juicy details. Uh, but first, Justin, we had a, a pretty fun Twitter question that we wanted to, to broach before we start this episode.
2: We did. Uh, we always thank you for your Twitter questions. Uh, and this one didn't quite fit with the other content that we had, but we liked it. So we're just going to lead off with it. At JLo2836 asks, who wins in a fight, Goku or Superman? Goku. (laughs) Okay, we're done. Next,
1: what do you want to talk about? (laughs) No, somebody, I don't know if you've ever seen this. (laughs) I can't remember where I saw it, but somebody did like a full in depth analysis of this based on like. The the energy both of them can produce the the amount of damage they've done in battle uh, to determine their strength and like all this other stuff and came to like a scientific conclusion on who's stronger Goku or Superman I forget where it's at but I bet if you Google it you can find it
2: I am Googling it right now Oh okay and let me know if you find it This is fantastic The first thing that <laughs> that comes up is a rap battle uh, Oh yeah epic rap you, battles of history Yeah.
1: I love Epic Rap Battles totally of History.
2: I forgot that that was a thing.
1: Oh my God, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, that one particularly isn't like one of the best ones, but Epic Rap Battles of History is good stuff.
2: It is good stuff. Um, but, but
1: yeah, so, so for our listeners, if you're interested in a scientific answer to this question, science. you can go online and find I it. I like uh, how
2: confidently you just used the phrase, a scientific explanation of whether a comic book character could be a... Uh, cartoon character
1: yeah well <laughs> you know it is what it is man yeah yeah I don't make the rules I don't
2: you can't dispute science Jacob yeah
1: no science. well I mean <laughs> we did just have one of the worst COVID-19 responses in the world so I think you can but well,
2: you know um, I need my hair cut Goku's never fought me so I don't even think he's strong yeah there you I go. seen Superman with my own two eyes
1: He's a super saiyan. I don't trust foreigners.
2: Super saiyan what?
1: <laughs> All right, That's Justin. So let's uh, <laughs> let's get back into our wheelhouse a little bit, which is NBA basketball. Mm. The oh, wolf bombs
2: were flying. My Dude, phone was blowing up. They're still coming through happen. right now. <laughs> they are still coming through. It's so delightful. they're 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 it going feels, at it. It feels like Christmas yes it's and, uh, it's some I'm, good stuff i must say i appreciate the woes versus shams competition being all the way back in peak form from the get-go with the i think their announcement tweets were separated by two seconds love it uh shams got the edge so you know the young legs coming in strong yeah young fingers <laughs> those young, young twitter, twitter fingers.
1: fingers
2: makes me feel weird
1: <laughs> it's kind of gross uh, all right. Well, the Board of Governors voted officially to restart the NBA season today. Justin, overwhelming majority, twenty nine to one. Woj Just reported, twenty nine to one. And so everyone immediately said, "Who's the one who voted against <laughs> it?" And I don't think it was Woj that outed him. I think no, it, it was was it Shams. Woj did.
2: He he tweeted about it. Um, w-
1: was it sh- was it Woj that that that. Straight up added the Portland Trail Blazers.
2: Yeah. He said that the Blazers are eager to resume the season, but chose to vote no because the franchise believed there were more competitive and innovative formats on the table. Uh, and it, I somebody else reported that basically it sounded like they were more in favor of the 20 team plan rather than the 22 team plan. Yeah. That
1: was Hayes from which, Yahoo Sports.
2: Um. So, are you trying to tell me that the Portland Trailblazers are scared
1: of Phoenix and San Antonio? Phoenix and Sacramento? Hey, we already know people try to dodge deer and fox, right? (laughs) Right. They don't want the smoke. Um, Interesting. I don't know if you saw this, but CJ McCollum then quote, quote, quote retweeted that and said, you know, we we're lucky enough to, to play for a franchise that our owners actually care about their players and Ugh. listen to our opinions, and they, they took what we said to heart and voted on our behalf and blah, blah, blah. Really, Ugh. it just reeks of Portland <laughs> wanting to find an easy route right. to the playoffs. Exactly. That's what yeah, it reeks let's, of. Let's cut the teams down by two in the West to, to
2: go ahead and shore that up, give us an easier shot. I mean, I don't know. Do you think they, Do you think they have a realistic shot I'm not sure, given the teams that are being invited, that I buy Portland being able to make it in.
1: I mean, I think they have a shot, especially when you consider they're getting Nurkic and Zach Collins back, which should help them. Theoretically should help them quite a bit. That means you don't have to start Carmelo, Anthony, and Hassan Whiteside.
2: (laughs) But will they have the balls to bench Melo? Because not many do.
1: Sit Melo's ass on the bench next to (laughs) Mickey Mouse. (laughs) it's interesting
2: I the my biggest thing with all of this not just Portland yeah you've got guys coming back from injuries but you've also got you know the fact that players have not been playing competitive basketball for a few months you've got conditioning issues you've got chemistry issues like is a team that has looked good all season gonna be able to replicate that success like is anything can we use anything as like a basis for how to evaluate these teams. I feel like it gets kind of tough with as long as the layoff has been to like to say, "Oh, this team was really clicking before the season ended." I you know, with their schedule, they should be in good shape. Like I, I think it's a total crap shoot. I think it it's it's almost not fully, but almost as different as like starting a new season at this yeah, point. Yeah.
1: That's what it feels like. Like all chemistry well, Chemistry is not gone, but it's disrupted. Yeah. Uh, flow is gone completely. Um, trajectory is gone. I mean, play and we're just talking like the physical aspect of it. Like, yeah. I I don't mind saying, like COVID nineteen and the quarantine and the fear of the sickness, like made my anxiety really really bad. Yeah. And if you were, if I were an NBA player right now, and you told me. That, I mean, getting a COVID test every day would make me a hell of a lot more comfortable, right? (laughs) But you told me, hey, you need to go from being in quarantine where you've been around four people for the past three months to now going into a bubble with 450 people. Mentally, I'm going to struggle a bit.
2: Absolutely. Just
1: going to happen, right? That's just how it's going to be. Some players are going to be afraid of going down there. Some people's minds are going to be in different places. I mean... Let's be honest and, and address the elephant in the room Justin. majority of these basketball players that are going down to play are black. Yep. and currently in the United States, we have massive protests yep. going on over racial inequality and police brutality. Like we know how big of a leader Chris Paul is. We know how influential and impactful LeBron James is. We know I mean, we've seen Jaylen guys from- Brown
2: Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, Trey, Tr- Young. Trey
1: Young. Even though Trey Young's not going to the bubble, uh, he he's not invited to the bubble. Clay and Steph were out marching. Like yeah, w- all all the activism going on right now. Like you go to the bubble and you're playing basketball, and then right before your game, you see some information that uh, you know George Floyd's killer walks free, doesn't get convicted, Yep. right, or Breonna Taylor's. Just recently reopened case uh, is found to be not credible and they're closing the case like those things are going to matter to these guys. Yep. And, you know, uh, and and I, I don't mean to paint it in the bad picture that one's saying like almost all those players down there are black. Like it should matter to all of us, regardless of skin color, yep. the inequality. But these players have taken a large role in activism in this country right now there's a lot going on. Like the world is in a drastically different place than it was on March 10th. Yep. Uh,
2: I was going to say the exact same thing of, you know, it's the the mental pressures, not just of the quarantine and not just of going into the bubble, but uh, all the other issues that are going on right now, it makes it tough. Like it's tough for me, just <laughs> being honest. Um, and so I can only imagine it's going to be the same boat for most of these players as well, I think you raise a great point of, you know, what happens uh, if this continues to escalate? If there's more incidents, if uh, things get worse before they get better uh, and that coincides with going down to Orlando, like what happens then? You know, we, we've we talked about the impact that like the Donald Sterling thing had on the NBA and and players not wanting to play games. Like, does it does it ever get to that point when they're down in Orlando? And how do you how do you address that? I, I think that there's gonna be some some serious bumps that the NBA is going to have to figure out how to deal with. I think flexibility is probably gonna be the key. Um while as as much thoroughness as it seems like they've put into this plan. I know that in reality, it's probably not going to go off without a hitch. So I think being able to kind of adjust things on the fly is going to be crucial for this thing to be a success.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. So let's get into kind of what what the proposal to the governors was today and what they voted to ratify, which is return to play starting games will officially start on July 31st. Now we will get some what they called preseason exhibition style games um, before the July 31st tip-off. Uh, I think teams report to Orlando on July 7th. COVID testing begins July 8th. Yep, does that sound right? I think it, that's yeah. right.
2: Um, this article from uh, from Woj on ESPN says teams will begin training in Orlando starting july 9th through 11th
1: okay so there you I go i would
2: assume that what you said if they're starting training on the 9th through the 11th then the other stuff probably happens right before that
1: and i think they have to report back to their their home city their their nba franchise home city by june i want to say like the 18th or the 21st right yeah. around there mm-hmm. somewhere around a couple there. Of weeks so yeah. so players will be coming back to oklahoma city uh, back to Boston, back to Dallas, back to San Antonio, wherever. And then early July, they will travel out to the bubble. They will get tests, and then they will start their training camp. We'll get some preseason games. Let's say two preseason games per team. We don't know the official number. Yep. But if it's two per team, those probably start July 25th-ish.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then season officially kicks off July 31st. Every team in the bubble will be playing eight regular season games. And then if needed, we will have a play in tournament for the eighth seed in each conference. We'll break that down in just a second. And then we will jump into the playoffs, which will be full seven game series with the latest possible playoff game being game seven of the NBA finals taking place on October 12th. That's
2: crazy. <laughs> yep. It's uh, fascinating. Uh, I think that seeing this unfold, you know, just from the timing standpoint, like that is going to obviously affect the draft lottery, the free agency, all that kind of stuff. Like being able to talk NBA free agency in October is going to be wild.
1: Well, and and Justin, we'll get get to this in a bit, I think, but um, the schedule is wild. The schedule for next season is going to be wild. We'll touch more on that in a few minutes. First off, though, I want to talk about some of the interesting things about these games. So first off, eight regular season games for everybody. Yep. That means that we're going to have teams finishing the season, the regular season, having played a different total number of regular season games. Yep. We were thinking they were going to shoot to play 70 games or 72, each team play 72 or whatever. No, they're going to make each team play the same number of games in quarantine, but one team might end up playing two or three games more than another team. Well, and that's
2: interesting. I've noticed the phrase seeding games being used a lot. Of oh, and I kind of like, like eight that eight seeding games. So it's really just to hammer out the seeds for the playoffs, not necessarily regular season, because to your point, it's not really regular. Uh, but uh, one note that I, I picked up on in the, in the Woj article is that he said, each team is expected to play one back to back during that span. Uh, yeah. So even even in the bubble, uh, you, don't, you don't get a night off.
1: But back-to-backs in the bubble are a lot easier than playing in Oklahoma City one night and then Milwaukee the next or something, right. you know? Um, uh, but, but one thing that's interesting to that on that note for me, Justin, is that let's say, um, I don't know, New Orleans and Portland end up the same amount of games behind Memphis for the eighth seed but New Orleans has one more win than Portland because they played one more game. Even though they're the same number of games behind or they're the same in the loss column, New Orleans is going to be higher up in the one percentage column. Zion conspiracy. That's what that is. It's 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 interesting, right? It's it's, it's different than anything we've seen.
2: Absolutely, it's going to require a different analysis on our end, uh, different tracking of how we're looking at you know who's clinched a playoff seed, uh, who's clinched their position. Then you also have to account for, like you mentioned earlier, the the whole play-in idea. In and of itself, uh, is kind of crazy, and how that works. If you haven't read about it, the gist is. If 8-9, is it four games? If yes. they're within four games? At least four games. Okay, if the nine seed's within four games of the eight seed, then they go into a play-in for the eight seed in which the nine seed needs to beat the eight seed twice while the eight seed would only need to win one time in order to clinch the playoffs. Uh, that's going to be... I feel like it's almost a lock in the Western Conference that that's going to
1: happen. Yes,
2: Eastern Conference, maybe not. There, there's it, a chance it won't in the East,
1: but yeah, in the West, we're going to get a play-in.
2: We're going to get a play-in, and, and it's going to be fun.
1: So how do you feel about that play-in format? Do you like it? Do you think it's inherently equal, unequal? Wish they would have done something different?
2: I think it makes sense. It Honestly, <laughs> the first thing I thought of was the Women's College World Series uh, softball. That's how they do the championship series. Um, you get to a point, and the, the team... One team has to only win one game. The other one has to win two, and it it makes it pretty simple. Uh, It gives the higher-seeded team the advantage. It makes things uh, easier for them but not, you know, insurmountable for the nine seed by any means. Uh, I think it does a good job of putting the better team in. If the nine seed can beat the eight seed two times in a row, then sure, put them
1: in the playoffs. I don't have any problem with that. So I'm okay with it. The format I would have liked better, and I think in theory this idea works. In practicality, you're you're just running the risk of playing a week of basketball between two teams where nobody else gets to play. My idea is if the nine seed is one game behind the 8th seed, then it's just one game to decide who gets in. Mm-hmm. If the nine seed is two games behind, the nine seed should have to win two games Eighth seed only has to win one. If the ninth seed is three games behind, they should have to win three games to one. If they're four games behind, they should have to win four games to one.
2: That's interesting.
1: Right? I think that would make it probably the most fair. But if you're four games behind, and then the ninth seed goes on a roll, and that thing ends up going, you know... that they, they, Yeah, they, they went three straight, and then whoever wins the next one goes to the playoffs. Like, we're looking at 10, 12 days of basketball. Unless you run it Little League style and you play at four, then you play again at eight. Well, <laughs> that's what I was going to
2: say is it, it kind of sounds like, I think, oh, uh, where did I read it? It might have been in that Woj article. It talked about the like finals games being games every other day. Yeah. So I think it's going to be an accelerated schedule. Um, I know they're talking about doing five to six games per day. Um, and I so, know they
1: have, it's either two or three locations. I two, think it's two locations three, where they can play. Yeah, three, and three then the th- I think the third court is the practice court. Got it. So yep. you have two ga- two courts you can play on. So you could run three games a day, play a game yeah. at noon, four and eight.
2: Yeah. It Yeah. The whole dynamic changes in terms of like amount of rest, like only having one day off for the whole finals is massively different. You think about all the, you know, the circus that usually goes on with the finals. Yeah. And that's been one of the questions I've been wondering about is like media. Uh, I, I'm assuming that they're not gonna have a bunch of media there but I'm I assu- think they'll have also, media there just right, be a I'm small assuming number. they're gonna have some media
1: I uh, bet ESPN gets like one or two people I bet TN;T gets like one or two people yeah. I bet um, I I honestly I think that whenever the Thunder play in the games on Fox Sports Oklahoma that our two announcers will be, in Oklahoma yeah. watching the live feed of the game and I think calling so too. it.
2: I, I think so too, because that's just, it's so many more people to bring into the bubble. Exactly. Which then means you need to test them, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like ESPN, with their relationship with the mouse, uh, is probably guaranteed some ends there. Um, but, like, I don't know. That's such a big part of the finals, I feel like, is, is dealing with the massive scrums of media and stuff like that, that even that changes, which is not something you necessarily think about in this scenario, but it's going to be different.
1: Definitely. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I wanted to touch on those eight regular season games real quick, Justin. Yes. So the way those eight regular season games are chosen is you just continue playing your schedule. And if one of the next eight teams on your schedule was a team that was outside of the bubble, one of the eight teams that didn't come back to Orlando to finish the season. Then you just move on until you hit a team that is already in the bubble. Now that's going to cause some issues and some tweaks. Yeah, I've seen, um, I think it was Kevin Pelton on the Zach Lowe podcast, uh, the Lowe post, talked about this, that, that he kind of ran the math and everything on it and figured it out. Because, you know, what if the Lakers, uh, their eighth game, on the schedule for teams that are down in Orlando would be Oklahoma city, but on Oklahoma City's schedule, that game is their 10th game, right? Then, then right. they can't line it up. So you're going to have to do a little finagling there and a little bit of mixing it up, but it makes it fascinating because you think of like Memphis had one of the hardest schedules left in the league, whereas new Orleans had like the second easiest now, yep. New Orleans doesn't have the second easiest schedule in the league because we've eliminated the, right. the eight worst teams in the All league. All the easy games.
2: Yeah. So now <laughs> right. every game is difficult. Yeah. That's a great point. That's a great point. Um, I think, you know, looking at the
1: Thunder's alleged schedule. Uh, Here, let me break that down for everybody real quick. Let's do that. So the Thunder's schedule uh, would be I love how we still have uh, versus and then at. Like they're at. The the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. Yeah, sure. We sit mm-hmm. on the other bench. We we'll use the shittier locker room. Like, I don't right. know. Uh, the Thunder's eight-game schedule would be the Utah Jazz, the Washington Wizards, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Denver Nuggets, Miami Heat, Nuggets again, Phoenix, and Clippers.
2: Yeah, that's it could be much worse.
1: Yeah, as far as under-the-bubble schedules go, uh-huh. That one's not that bad. Yeah.
2: Getting Phoenix and Washington in there feels nice.
1: You get Phoenix, who's outside of the playoffs. You get yep. uh, Washington, which is outside of the playoffs. You get Memphis, who's the eighth seed. Right. The only, I think the only team in the top five in the NBA the Thunder will play is the Clippers. Clippers. Yeah. And that's the last game, game number eight. The yeah. Clippers already locked into playoff seating they might not well, even play their guys.
2: Well, that's the thing that's fascinating about this for me is think about like the Bucks. How do they use these eight games cuz they're not Yeah, no one's going to catch them. Yeah. Right. So, do they how much do they play their guys? How much of it is about getting their legs back versus resting guys? Like, <laughs> you know, how do how do you balance that just like almost like a preseason game? of how do you get them ready for the season without doing too much, uh, without, like, what if game six of the seeding games and Giannis, you know, breaks an ankle or something like that? Like, how devastating would that be when there's really no reason for him to be out there other than to find his rhythm? Like, having to try and balance that is going to be hard. And then thinking about, again, looking at team schedules and figuring out... You know what games are winnable. How is it going to affect their seating? Teams that play the Bucks are going to have a hard time figuring that out for sure.
1: No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I wanted to s- pick your brain on who you think has the easiest route with these eight games, but it's so convoluted; it's hard to figure out who's playing who. <laughs> That's, I was just about to say, I'm honestly
2: not sure. I could confidently tell you what anyone's schedule is, other than it sounds like the thunders reported schedule is accurate. You know, anything could change as more details come out. None of that has been announced other than kind of what the plan is, but I like, I do like the thunders schedule as far yeah. as that goes.
1: Memphis will play new Orleans twice in eight games.
2: That is honestly kind of fun. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> like just pit them against each other to yeah. see who gets that nine seed. Exactly.
1: Um, Portland will play Memphis, Houston, Dallas, Boston, Philly, Brooklyn and then that's all the teams that are left in the bubble that they'll have to play. So there's hmm. two games left. They'll have to kind of that that I think around. that'll get like yeah, somehow sorted out.
2: And I think I saw there was a couple other teams that were in the same boat, like maybe the
1: Lakers didn't
2: have Yeah, the Lakers have games a, have lined up. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. it it's going to take I don't envy whoever
1: has that job. And here's the thing is 3 through 7 in the west right now, it's wild. Yeah. They're all kind of stacked up like right on top uh-huh. of each other. There's a lot of movement that can take place there. Well, so these games are going to matter a lot as far as seeding and opponent is concerned. I wonder how much jockeying we're going to see uh to to try to even that out. The 3 seed Denver Nuggets um, are seven games out of first. The seventh seed is 11 games out of first. That's a difference of four games. If you go three to six, that's a difference of two and a half games. Yeah.
2: It's it's all the conversations we were having before the season got suspended of like, oh, it's so close. Okay, so you could move up to second or they could drop to seventh and it's so tight. But now the stakes just got elevated because instead of being 20 games left, there's only eight. And to your point about jockeying, home court advantage is not home court advantage anymore so yeah right now you're not, just looking at matchups really are right right so it doesn't matter if you're the three seed or the six seed like you can afford to drop to six if it's a
1: favorable matchup for you and that's okay so let's just look real quick at denver utah oklahoma city and houston Three through six. Let's look at their schedules and see who's going to end up with the best record of those. So I've already read you the Thunder schedule. Um, Nuggets have Spurs, Lakers, Clippers, Thunder, Raptors, Heat, Spurs, Thunder again. Wow. That's tough.
2: That is tough. I don't like that if I'm a Nuggets fan.
1: Uh, Jazz have Thunder, Pelicans, Grizzlies. Lakers, Lakers, Spurs, Spurs, Mavericks. It's better all without Boyan. Uh, Yeah, and the Spurs are going to be playing hard because they want to get into the play-in. Grizzlies got the Lakers twice. The Grizzlies are going to be playing hard. New Orleans is going to be playing hard. Mavericks are going
2: to be playing hard.
1: Yep. So that's an interesting one. Uh, So what were the teams again? Denver. And Utah. We already talked about the center. So the last one's Houston. They have Lakers, Blazers, Kings, Mavericks, Bucks, Pacers, 76ers, and Raptors.
2: Hmm. It's interesting how many East teams they play.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And for a team that has a six foot six center, uh, playing against uh, Anthony Davis, um, Joseph Nurkic, They'll get the Bucks, so they'll get the Lopez twins. They got the Pacers, so they got Domas and Miles yep. Turner. Philly, so we'll yep. get to see PJ Tucker guard Joel Embiid, and then the Raptors who have Serge Ibaka and Mark Gasol. So they um, might get and
2: the Mavericks who have Boban. Oh, don't God. Leave that out.
1: he's like double <laughs> the size of PJ Tucker.
2: I would love to see Rick Carlisle put Boban out there for like thirty minutes. God, PJ Tucker comes up
1: to his nipples. <laughs> If that. So I think the Rockets could lose a handful there. Yeah. Uh, I think the Jazz can lose a handful. There's a chance that the Thunder could climb here instead yeah. of fall.
2: Yeah, it'll be interesting. It, going back to my earlier comment, of just, it's so hard to evaluate like what will actually happen. But if we're looking at this schedule based off of what these teams have been throughout the season and kind of where they've been trending... Absolutely, there is a uh, realistic possibility that the Thunder get the 3 seed. Which is not crazy. Um like the the possibility is is within reach in order for that to happen. Uh just like the possibility exists right now uh, for Dallas to not make the playoffs, which is amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it exists. I think that's a really far it's long a shot, stretch. though. Yeah. I
2: know, but it exists, and I like, I'm like. i going to hang on to it as long as I can. So but all that to say, um, if I were a betting man right now, I think I slide. I keep Denver at three, slide OKC to four, drop Utah without Bo, Bojan. Uh, I probably drop Utah to six move Houston to five.
1: God damn it. I don't want that to happen.
2: Yeah. Houston, OKC in the first round. I mean, talk about the storylines. It would be off the charts content wise. My biggest question is where's James Harden going to find a strip club in the bubble. Hey, he's going to go to the Mickey mouse club and be very disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Have you heard about what's the club? Um, club uh 33 is that the like you know what i'm talking about no clue there's this like secret club at disney world um and it's like only it's like seriously like a-list celebrities pay thousands of dollars to be a part of this club and it's like an exclusive like restaurant and all this it's like a hidden restaurant uh in the middle of disneyland isn't that crazy? That yeah, is. Here we go. The initial price to join is $33,000, and That's the my annual salary. membership fee is
1: $15,000. That's half my salary.
2: James Harden is going to be up in the Club 33 oh, at yeah. Disney World, making it rain.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, just just throwing this out there real quick. Um, Dallas is 11 games back. They're, they're a game and a half behind Houston and Oklahoma City, just two and a half games back of the Jazz. And Dallas's schedule Phoenix, Clippers, Kings, Blazers, Phoenix again, Rockets, Jazz, Bucks. So
2: Bucks probably won't
1: be playing everybody in the last game of the season. Jazz without Boyon, Phoenix twice, Sacramento and Portland. Like there's a chance that Dallas could climb. I was just about to say, you just killed my pipe dream
2: of Dallas not making the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. There's <laughs> no, a chance they can climb. That's a pretty favorable schedule, uh, for sure, like you mentioned, especially with the kind of added context of,
1: you know, the Bucks being potentially the last game. That gets interesting. Yep. All right, so, Justin, you need need to make a decision for me here. Who makes the eighth seed in each conference? Mm,
2: I think in the East... I feel confident that Orlando is going to be able to hang on to that. Um, sorry, Wizards. Uh, but I think barring uh, some nonsense in a play-in scenario, I think that Orlando is going to be headed to the playoffs. And hey, they're... I
1: think Orlando could climb to seven and Brooklyn <laughs> ends up at eight.
2: That is interesting too. Brooklyn's only a half game back. ahead.
1: Brooklyn's only a half game ahead. Uh, KD and Kyrie are not coming back. There's been so much reporting on that. Not according to the sports books. Um, we'll see.
2: In the West, I man, I really want Memphis because Jaw in the playoffs would be fun. And they deserve it. And they deserve it. But I Oh God. I can't believe I'm about to say this.
1: Say it. Portland. Okay, I'll take New Orleans. <gasps> okay. I'll take yeah. New Orleans. You wanna make you wanna make a bet? No. <laughs> You take, you take Portland, I'll take uh, New Orleans. Let's let's make a bet. What do you want to bet? I
2: don't want to root for
1: Portland. You don't have to root for them. Just if they win <laughs> and they make it in, you're going to be sad, but then you can be a little bit happy because you won our bet. Okay. So what do you want to bet? I like a uh, Subscription to Club 33.
2: <laughs> okay, deal. <laughs> Drops 15 grand to get me into Club 33. There you go. Sold. Um, I don't know. Let's do some food. I All like right, food.
1: You, you got you got Wingstop down there in Dallas, right? Yes, give me some Wingstop. All right, let's do some Wingstop. Okay, we'll we'll bet some Wingstop on this. Uh, and we'll revi- we'll revisit this in literally two months. Deal. And we'll see what happens. I'm honestly, I'm gonna be rooting
2: for memphis because then i don't have to buy you wings and then i don't have to cheer for the trailblazers hey there you go win
1: win 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 buddy win win um where do we think okay we already kind of talked about this where do we think okc ends up at one of my thoughts going into this justin was the thunder have a chance here to slide and fall down the standings yeah and if they do they can get their first round pick back
2: wow it's currently like
1: it's currently going to philly um that pick is number 21 um with the actually it's where is it there it is yeah it's 21 40 and 24 is the thunders record if they were to slide back they're currently only a game and a half up on 19 and if they fell to 19 they get their pick hmm
2: that's interesting uh you think we're gonna finally get some competitive tanking action out of the thunder that we've been hoping for all season that'd is be, it finally gonna happen in the bubble that'd be interesting <laughs> i don't think it is yeah i don't do think I. It, I don't i don't think it's gonna happen i
1: think it, but now if denver wants to lose a shitload in the yeah, bubble and better yeah. okc's pick that they're getting from denver for the jeremy grant trade which is currently slated at 25th hmm. uh i'm all for it yeah
2: That's what makes this so hard. It's like you just don't know what all the other teams are going to do. I think more than likely Oklahoma City ends up in the four or five spot where they've been dancing around. I think that is fair. That feels like the safe answer, not knowing what the other teams are going to do. I'm nervous about OKC's chemistry, if I'm being honest. Interesting. I I feel like they were clicking – so well at the end of that stretch before it um before everything halted that i wonder if they'll be able to hit at that level now obviously the caveat here is that's going to affect every other team as well yeah and with eight games what it what playoff standings could really come down to is just who comes back hot who comes out of the gate fast and that's it you think about you know the first 10 games of the season like oklahoma city looked Terrible. If they do that now, they could be the seventh seed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that I think they'll be that bad. One, and that is why you know we talked about teams, players coming back to the teams' markets. It's been interesting to see you know Gallo, Shea, Chris Paul, Schroeder, all those guys back at the facility already. I feel like obviously Presti is taking advantage of the opportunities in front of him to start getting those guys working out together, start getting ahead of the curve a little bit, starting to to get them back and ready before other teams are going to be able to do that, which I think is another kind of interesting factor as well. Definitely, and
1: I think the Thunder have great leadership, both in players and coaches and front office staff, that even if the the, the basketball flow, the, the on-court chemistry isn't yeah. there, I think... Everything else will still be there, and and that will allow that to click faster. Yeah. Where I, I, we got right. a lot of questions about Utah, buddy. Yeah. We got right. a lot of questions yeah. about Utah. You know, we got a lot of questions about a lot of these teams. Yeah. But I think the Thunder will be okay in that That's aspect. True. Yep.
2: That is that is absolutely true.
1: So, um, all right. I think we have a Twitter question lined up, Justin.
2: Ooh, yes, we do. From at Manu's. 2010, shout out New Zealand. Due to COVID break, the players are likely to be fresher and more rested. Does that mean less players in the squad will be getting playoff minutes?
1: That's interesting, right? Because typically you're at the end of a marathon when you start playing the playoffs. Think Uh, about Steven Adams. Yeah, now your guys are rested up, so do you shrink your rotation even more? It's interesting it really is like
2: i feel like you know generally your your rotation shortens already moving into the playoffs it's hard to imagine it going even shorter you know what like i think you can generally count on like eight guys does that go to 7
1: yeah or is, my thought was does do those eight guys uh or your your starting five or whoever instead of playing 38 to 40 playoff minutes, do they play 42 to 44? Yeah. Right. But my worry then is if you play those guys more minutes, your bench guys that you're kind of relying on to come in in those, those fill in minutes Mm -hmm. playing less and the less, I mean, you've played basketball before, even if it's just like pickup, the less you run, the less you get out there, the harder it is to find that rhythm. Yep. And it's harder to get into the flow and into the nature of the game Yep. And you you need time on the court to get that. And if you're only playing five or six minutes a night, you're not going to get it. So I think that's, that's an point. interesting aspect of it.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great point. And you think about guys like Chris Paul, for example, you know, with his age and with his history of injuries, you know, how did the Thunder approach his playoff minutes? Um, you also have to factor in, you know, that Woj has reported finals games every other day, like we've talked about. What does that look like? during the other playoff series. What's the frequency of games? If you're playing every other day, then you're not probably signing up to go play 42 minutes a night. Yeah. Cause so that's less recovery time in between
1: games. Exactly. Dude. I just can't wait for the playoffs when two teams play each other, get into it. It's scrappy. It's a playoff game. Tempers are flaring. The game ends and they're all down at the pool. <laughs> like in the pool at the hotel, like talking shit to each other. Yes. I just, I'm, I'm so Walking around
2: Epcot, arm in arm, wearing Mickey Mouse ears and eating churros. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds ideal to uh, me, what, honestly. What,
1: what is the big ice cream thing down there in Disney World? Uh, Dole Whip? Dole Whip. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah.
2: Dude. Yeah. I freaking love Dole Whip.
1: So, all right. Last uh, kind of... I guess, technical thing I want to touch on with the return to play, Justin, is maybe my favorite thing I've read in like the past month, <sighs> yeah. which was written by David McManaman from ESPN. My uh, favorite name I've read in the last yeah, month. God, what a name. About <laughs> these new home court advantage ideas that teams are talking about because... Teams that currently have home court advantage feel like they they struggled and grinded all year yep. to earn the right for home court advantage in the playoffs. Now it means nothing. So they've been talking about what things can we implement in the bubble to make it work. And some of these ideas, Justin, are wild. And I am so here for them.
2: Okay, you ready? We're going to go through these.
1: Okay, let's do it. Okay. Uh,
2: the lower seated team has to ride Space Mountain right before the game. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Oh, no. That wasn't God in there. That damn. should have been in there. Yes. Uh, I, <laughs> I would sign up. One team has to play
1: all in Mickey Mouse costumes.
2: <laughs> okay. The higher seated team gets awarded the first possession of the second, third, and fourth quarter. You just want the ball the more times. Ball. I think yeah. that
1: one's very blatant and kind of bullshit. Really? I feel like that one's the most straightforward. And, I mean, straightforward, but it's just straight up, hey, I had a better record, so let me have more possessions in the game. Like, Yeah. It, what's interesting here is trying to quantify
2: what home court advantage is worth. Yeah. And I think that's no, going to yeah, be interesting. No,
1: I, totally, yeah.
2: Um, the higher-seeded team is allowed to designate one player. To be able to be whistled for seven fouls. I love that one. That is hilarious. Let's
1: have that (laughs) conversation and see how that goes.
2: (laughs) I designate Steven Adams to be allowed to get seven fouls. Just let him beat the shit out of people. Exactly.
1: Or I designate LeBron James and just let that dude go fullback mode to the rim every single play.
2: Yes. So when I was in high school um i was the like token tall kid that wasn't that great at basketball on the team and we had a game against an unnamed uh rival in which they were beating us by 50 points jesus (laughs) and um they still have their starters in and our coach was pissed so he called all the guys at the end of the bench and told us to go in there and make them regret leaving the starters in and i went into the game and drew four fouls in i think Two and a half minutes. Yes. Maybe. And man, I earned every single one of those. And that was probably the most fun I've ever had <laughs> <laughs> playing basketball, if I'm being honest.
1: I used to coach Little League back in the day. And um, I was trying to get my team to be more tough. And I remember I called a timeout one time. And one of these kids, that's like in fifth grade, like a 10 year old said, Guys, we're not playing defense hard enough. We're barely fouling anybody. And I was like, dude, I've done my job. I've taught these kids. <laughs> They've got the wisdom to the go importance. on and be great.
2: That's right. Um, the next one, the higher-seeded team receives an extra coaches challenge.
1: Now, this one I like. I think really? this one does quantify what home court advantage would be, which is you get the you get the better calls. Interesting.
2: Interesting. I feel like this is my least favorite because I think Coach's Challenge is, like, the worst rule experimentation the NBA's had. Touche. Touche. I I, uh, anyway. Next one. Higher-seeded teams are able to transport their actual hardwood home court from their arenas to Orlando to try and preserve the field. I love it.
1: This is literal but, home court advantage.
2: <laughs> reading that one, it I... Is that a joke? Is someone I feel like someone I don't know but I love it. I feel like someone's messing with poor old David. We have McMahon- to delay
1: game 3 of the Eastern Conference <laughs> semifinals because someone put the wrong floor down.
2: Right. Oh, oh, Orlando would like to use their alternate court today. Uh, so we're going to have to swap that out.
1: You'd have because we're playing multiple games in the same arena, you'd have to change it after every game. Right. It's literally impossible. You can't do it. There's it's not incredible. enough time in the day.
2: It's incredible.
1: Unless you put one court on top of the other. Ooh.
2: Now we're talking get a princess with the P situation going on here. There you go. And last, an off-court feature in which playoff teams, in order of seating 1 through 16, receive first choice on picking which hotel they will stay in at ESPN's Wide World of Sports Complex. My
1: favorite one. Orlando, we know we're in your home city. Get your asses down to the Motel 6. That's right. You are. You're gonna stay <laughs> I love the, it.
2: The uh, sports resort that looks like it's off the roadside of I-35 in uh, Durant. Yeah. Meanwhile, I love it. Meanwhile, uh, Giannis is going to be up in the, the penthouse of uh, Hotel Coronado or something like that. It's I love it. Um, <laughs> I honestly. Hey, like, you guys could... are only
1: going to be here for four games while we sweep your asses anyways. Just go go toss some sleeping bags out on the yard that's right we'll be done we'll be done soon
2: you can sleep on the lawn outside cinderella's castle there you
1: go oh good times (laughs) that's maybe my favorite one (laughs) i love it i'm so into it uh all right well hey we're talking all about who's gonna make the playoffs uh who's gonna stay in what hotel i bet pretty soon you're gonna be able to bet on all of those Mm. things
2: There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR's back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can also still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament that you can enter for free.
1: All right, Justin, let's get into a little bit of the minutiae of this return to play idea uh, that's already been ratified by by the governors now just awaiting the MBPA approval. Um, Let's talk a little bit about testing protocol, quarantine, uh, and what happens, how we're trying to prevent players from getting COVID-19 down in Orlando and what happens when they do. So the testing protocol seems to be Every person in the bubble is getting a test every morning.
2: Yeah, which I'm hoping for their sake is not the one where they stick the swab. All oh the way Jesus! Up your nostril. <laughs> because that someone's gonna get brain like damage great, if that's the case. Doesn't sound like a great way to yeah, start God, your day. Yeah, God, can
1: you imagine waking up and that's the first thing you get in the morning?
2: Yeah, the the my biggest takeaway, you know, Adam Silver was on. Um, Inside the NBA tonight, talking about it a little bit, and it's really taking this uh, the model of test and trace, which you may have heard, is you know like what South uh, South Korea did. I almost said South Carolina, a little different. Uh, what South Korea did to really contain the coronavirus, where you're not putting everyone on quarantine, but you're testing everyone, and if someone uh, contracts coronavirus and tests positive for it, you can trace who they came in contact with and, tr- and test all those people as well. So if say um, PJ Tucker tests positive for coronavirus, you can go test everybody that he's been in contact with for the last few days and really get that thing uh, sorted out quickly rather than, you know, what happened when the NBA shut down where one person test, you have to quarantine everybody that's around and you can't let them come in contact. Like that would cause the league to grind to a halt. Whereas this, they can just quarantine the people that test positive and everybody else can move on. But my question is still, uh, you know, we used the injury thought earlier. What happens when LeBron tests positive for COVID? What happens when seven players from the Bucks test positive yeah. for COVID? Like, that's that's the word that, I mean, you
1: can't play that series
2: that is what gets tough. And like, and
1: we're we're isolating those guys for 2 weeks, like they'd have to forfeit. I don't see right? any other way it works. Yeah, now,
2: and and you've got to think they've got to know what the protocol is going in. That doesn't feel like something that you can wing because if I'm the Bucks, I'm throwing a fit and saying, "Let's pause until we're healthy." Yeah. But
1: I don't know how you can. Exactly. Now, my hope is that if you're Here's my thought, and I'm no scientist. I'm no epidemiologist. I, What I know about this virus is what I've read in the news and CDC and whatever, right? And on InfoWars. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> sorry. those frogs are gay. I'm just letting you know, all right? Have you seen him talk about that?
2: <laughs> Unfortunately. The homosexual frogs, God. Please don't look it up. It's the worst. God damn.
1: <laughs> all right. My thought is you if you're bringing everybody in, and you test them all when they get there. Yep. And they're all negative, And the only really, the only people they're having contact with is other people that came in and tested negative. Yep. You should have a pretty good... It should be safe. Yeah. Now, since you're so, testing everybody every day, if someone contracts it and you catch it right then, yep. you can probably prevent it from spreading and keep it solely isolated to one, maybe two people.
2: Yep. Uh, and that's... I think the the bubble idea centers around that, you know, really putting all these people that are going to be a part of this um, in that testing environment so that there's not an outside contaminant, if you will. What's interesting for me is thinking about, you know, the hotel staff, restaurant staff, support staff, um, you know, media personnel that may be involved. It's so much bigger than just the players. Yeah. And then it sounds like the theme parks are going to be open. So I know they're staying at the wide world of sports, but, um, you know, how big is their boundary? There's been yeah. some discussion about, um, talking, you know, letting them play golf, being able to eat at restaurants outside. Like I would assume if they're letting them do that, that it's not places that the general public is going to have access. That's to. what
1: my assumption is. And I, and I know that magic kingdom, which is the main attraction with the castle there right. at Disney world is a literal 25 right. minute drive away from right. ESPN wide world of sports. So I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of boundary and they, they can't say under no circumstances, can you leave? Or if you right. leave, you can't come back in. Cause then you just, you'd go, kidnap Patrick Beverly, tie a sack over his head, and throw him over the line. <laughs> huh? You're out. You can't come back. <laughs> right.
2: I mean, let's be honest. If anyone's going to get caught for breaking the boundary, it's going to be James Harden. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For going down the club. reasons.
1: Yeah. But um, I, I think with testing everyone as they come in. Now, my only worry is the people who aren't involved in the NBA, who live in Orlando, those hotel staff, those restaurant staff, yeah. etc are those guys going to be able to come in the bubble, leave and go home and then right. come back into the bubble? That's what I'm saying. As long like... as they are subjected to that test every day, yeah. then I I guess you're good. Yeah. Because That's I assume true. if you're getting tested, you'll you can test positive before the symptoms start to show. We know this thing has an incubation period of like 2 to 14 days. Yeah. So if I catch it and it's day 1 and I'm not showing any symptoms but I have it, I assume the test still comes back positive.
2: Well, it's interesting, and something I've been thinking about is, you know, we keep hearing about how a lot of the, the tests are not accurate. That's worrisome. Their, their what happens when you get a false negative? Right, and so, I don't know. I, I'll i leave that to people smarter than me, Yeah. Um, but just thinking about the, the potential of, like you said, you know, the test comes back negative, but somebody's positive, and then it spreads, and you don't know about it. Obviously, you just, you can't control that. Uh, yeah, I think the NBA's plan is doing the best that they can with what we have to work with, and I think that that's what we're seeing here. Definitely.
1: Um, some more uh, minor details. Justin, I found it interesting, the the rules they're putting in place for the draft lottery, mm, which indeed. is the eight teams that are not going down to Orlando uh, are in the lottery automatically. They're already locked into their spots. Yep. Whoever in Orlando does not make the playoffs, those teams are in the lottery, which is fair, right? If Memphis Mm -hmm. uh, gets bounced out of the eighth seed and doesn't make it, they now have a lottery pick. Like, that's fair. Uh, But what's interesting is the eight games you play in the bubble do not count towards your record when it comes to the lottery. So if Memphis is uh, in the bubble, they lose out. They don't make the playoffs. They end up being the ninth seed. Then they are in the lottery, but they're in the lottery based on their record from yeah. March eleventh, right? And
2: that uh, that's super interesting. That I, goes back I, to yeah. to calling these games seeding games and not regular season games because they really are like their own category of games. Yeah, but like I,
1: I, I like this though. I think this is probably just about as fair as they could make it.
2: Is there a scenario where pff, I don't know one of the teams in the West, for example? Comes out and goes zero and eight. Do they jump a team that wasn't invited to the bubble? Like that's a possible scenario, right?
1: What do you mean, like jump them in the in the draft lottery? In the lottery, yeah. Well, or is it not? Let Let's let's take Dallas for example. Dallas comes in, goes zero of eight, drops out of the playoffs. They're still they're they're. Whenever you rank one through fourteen for lottery odds, it's going to be Dallas's record from March eleventh which is still really high, which would put them at 14th. Now they could get really freaking lucky and land that lottery ball and jump into the top four. I think they draw four balls, three balls. Yeah. Um, and, and jump into the top four. And if they do, uh, you know, that's just the luck of the draw, I guess, or for those conspiracy theorists that believe the NBA (laughs) draft lottery is rigged, which I love those conspiracies. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. but, but it wouldn't be like, Dallas lost those eight. So now they're like 12th or 13th in order. No, they would still be 14th in the order because they're as far as the draft lottery is concerned, they have to use their March 11th um, record, not the record after they went 0 and 8, because that would be inherently unfair because Washington could go in and intentionally lose all eight games and go from having ninth best odds to fifth best odds. Right, And that's, you know, then the Knicks would say, well, we wanted to be invited back so we could lose eight games, you know? So I, I think that's the most Ooh, fair way to do like it. like a very Knicks oh, thing God to Oh, God damn, say. yeah. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't say it, but they're just so bad they wouldn't win any games anyways, yeah. you know? Indeed. Yeah, so.
2: it's, I, I agree. I think, it's, again, it's the best possible scenario. And it just really shows the kind of butterfly effect of all this, of like all the different things that have to be considered.
1: Definitely. So last thing, Justin, let's break down the schedule of events, all the dates Mm. that have been released. Uh, Do you have those in front of you?
2: I am pulling them up now. Beautiful, Um, because
1: I don't have them in front of me because I'm a bad (laughs) podcast host.
2: (laughs) Well, we already knew that. All right, well, you know So the the biggest thing is that um, Michelle Roberts was, uh, what was the word she used? Surprised? Yeah, surprised, surprised to see him. And Michelle
1: Roberts is the president of the MBPA. Correct.
2: So what they talked about and um, what was leaked to Woj says, um, you know, the end of the season, roughly around October 12th, draft lottery, August 25th, NBA draft, October 15th, free agency, October 18th, training camp, November 10th, Start of the season, December 1st. let Let's so talk. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. End of the season to start of training camp
1: being a month. 28 days. Is incredible. But goddamn what a week. <laughs> you could get game seven of the finals to name a champion on October 12th, and then three days later you get the draft. Yeah. And then three days later you get the start of free agency. Yeah! Holy shit, that'll be the best seven days of my life. <laughs> I, Dude, yeah. I have so much sick and personal leave saved up. There you go. Use it all then. I'm telling you. But uh, the, the but turnaround I, is insanely fast. Sounds that, like it m- <laughs> most
2: yeah. likely is not going to go down that way.
1: Because that would make, if free agency started October 18th, you would get three yeah. weeks of free agency before players reported back to camp. Yeah. Now, this free agent class is small, and it's a, a relatively poor class. Could you imagine this being last summer, three wow. weeks to make all that stuff happen? No, not at all. I don't think it happens. I don't think all that stuff happens if it's that compressed. It's fascinating. Someone asked me that today because of the compressed nature of it. Even if they push it back like Michelle Roberts, she said she was surprised to see that quick turnaround. Right. and. That alluding to that the players need more time off, which I get, but in reality, we're probably not going seven games in the finals, and if we do, that's two of the twenty-eight teams. Now right. I know that's unfair to those sure. two teams, but you know, you you could say, "Oh, that's only a month turnaround." Well, for Atlanta, it's been nine months. Yeah, you that's know, true. That's a good so. Point. So there's there's going to be arguments on both sides of the floor here.
2: The other thing to consider that I think is interesting is thinking about next summer, you have the rescheduled Olympics.
1: Yeah, and that was part of the reasoning here, was they wanted to start December 1st so they could be done, so players could play in the Olympics.
2: Right, Um, because otherwise that gets tricky. Yeah. Uh, Trying to to figure that out. You obviously don't want to take a break in the playoffs, I feel like. Uh, that that would get tough. You'd probably have a lot of playoff contending players dropping out of the squad for that.
1: So here's a fun question: um, Over under, Justin, the mm-hmm. first game of the 2020-2021 NBA season. I'm going to put the date at December 15th. So it's been reported by Woj today they were targeting the first, but mm-hmm. in the past we were hearing Christmas Day. Christmas, right. So let's put it at December 15th. You going over or under?
2: Um. I think I'm going over. I think I don't think it'll be Christmas. I think the romantic idea of like, ooh, the NBA starts on Christmas. Like that would be really fun. But like that kind of sucks. Honest, like for the players. I don't feel like the players are going to be super psyched about that. Like, I don't know, getting ready. I feel like, yes, it's an honor. They say it's an honor to play on Christmas, but they'd probably rather just be home with their family and like starting the season right then. I feel like kind of sucks.
1: So what would you put it
2: after Christmas? Um, no, I would put it in between the 15th and the 25th is sorry. Thank you for pulling me back on track and actually giving an answer. I I think they would start it a little bit before. Um, so that teams are kind of in the swing of things, you know? A, yeah, I think close. To, I think
1: the, I think the 15th is a good number. They don't play games on Christmas Eve. So like right. starting it on the 20th. I mean, you could get one game in per team before Christmas. Right. So I think like somewhere between like the 15th and the 17th.
2: Yeah. Right, like right there. Let mm-hmm. teams get
1: about three games in before Christmas Day. I think that makes sense.
2: Yeah. I, I think it also just from like a um I I don't know, from a, a product standpoint for the TV audience, like it's always nice for the players to, you know, the opening night games are exciting, but they're not always the most pretty basketball games Uh, getting a couple games under their belt before you know their big day on Christmas is probably wise yeah I also think about like I'm also thinking about like injury concerns for next season you know you mentioned Atlanta who's going to have a long time off and the teams that aren't a part of this are going to have an extended absence does that affect um, what happens to their body next season and on the flip side does this affect Um, players especially older players heading into next season with you know playing for a while then stopping for a few months then getting back in shape again and then stopping for a month and then getting back in shape like i feel like as next season goes on the later it gets you might start to see the effects of that more strongly
1: yeah it's it's gonna be a lot of interesting stuff
2: it's unprecedented which makes it fun yeah there's lots of uh hypotheticals and unknowns and I think the closest thing we've had to this is, you know, like a lockout. But even that is uh, much more traditional than what we're experiencing right now.
1: And the thing is, we're talking about all this. I'm getting so hyped up, and we've got two months until regular season (sighs) games. Don't remind me. But, hey, (laughs) my thought is if they're reporting down there and training camps start between July – like around July 9th or 10th, that we'll probably start to get some of those preseason games. Yeah. um, July – 18th 20th 21st -hmm. right around there yep so in that case it's like a month and a half away yeah until we get to watch the teams play so we can do it we'll make it
2: it'll be interesting to see if they televise those scrimmages oh
1: god i i think they will because they'll get so many viewers how many people are dying for nba basketball exactly there's not
2: a lot of competition and how
1: much money they're losing out on right now they're gonna they're gonna milk that thing dry yep so
0: odd phrase milk it dry.
1: that makes me uncomfortable
2: yeah, it's, I wish you hadn't said that.
1: Yeah, well, we've milked this podcast dry. So, uh oh. Let's uh let's call it quits for today. Justin, <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Oh. I'm glad uh actual NBA basketball news. Yes. And hey, we are going to be bringing content like this to you uh up until Return to Play. And then when we're Return to keep Play comes, milking it. we're going to keep milking that bad we're boy for milk all it's it worth for you. Oh god. Keep what? talking dirty to me. No, stop. we have uh, i guess our monday podcast coming up we're gonna have some pretty big news dropping about uh, uh some stuff that the podcast is doing so make sure you listen on monday uh because it's gonna be exciting we hope you enjoyed this episode if this is your first time checking out the uncontested hey thank you so much i uh, hope you guys enjoyed it if you did download our podcast subscribe wherever you get your podcast at so you get our episodes every monday wednesday and friday as soon as they upload if you're a long-time listener, we appreciate you guys so much. Please go drop a five-star rating on Apple for us. That would mean a ton. It uh, helps get our rating up, helps other people see the podcast, helps us just be more successful, and we really want to do that. It's a good show of your support for us. And uh, So if you support us, go do that. It would mean a lot. Also, make sure you check out betonline.ag as new odds start coming out for the return of the NBA season. Uh can play some bets on some, I bet, some pretty fun prop bets. So go check it out. Also check out bluewirepods.com. You can find a ton of NBA podcasts there. And as I've mentioned the past few episodes, make your voices heard. If you are protesting, do so peacefully. But make your voice heard. Stand up against institutionalized racism. We stand with you. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you guys Monday morning, and as always, Thunder up.